Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I threw you off. You threw me off. Yeah. Jeff, as you know, as you know, as, as many people out there know, we have been on the search for a new apartment because our apartment building where we lived for the last 11 years mm-hmm. was sold and bought and the new owners were like, hey, get out, get out. Get out. <laughs> so we have had this sort of um, guillotine hanging over our heads for the last couple of months. And real estate in New York doesn't move into the last minute. So we did not literally move into the last minute. We are still in our old apartment. We are still looking for new places. We have looked all over. And the most hilarious thing to me is that podcasting in our own home has become sort of like second nature. It's just like, okay, cool. Yes. Two o'clock on this Tuesday, come over with your team, come through. The doormen know it. They sit down. We do the interview for an hour and a half. Some people hang out. Some people leave. You take a picture outside and that's it. Yeah. Easy enough. Now I feel like every place we go into, it's like we should basically be bringing Jim Jones and like the Migos and LMA and whoever with us as we look at places. So that they can decide if it's good enough for us. Honestly, like... Honestly, we've been looking all over, but we did look at a place the other day, two blocks from us, and we went there, and the bedrooms are basically... Nothing. All bed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just one mattress and nothing else, and then a huge living room. Which would look so good <laughs> for, for <a> everybody. <laughs> We're like, oh, we got a video podcast. Well, this room would look great. Now, at the end of the day, trudge off to your closet to go to sleep in. Yeah, sort of like uh, like a vampire. Also, the bathrooms in that place were a little weird because one, well, I guess one was normal. One was normal. One, you had to step up into the shower. As in a foot off the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Who builds it like that? I mean, this is New York. You try to fit whatever you can into a small space. But this. I mean, we've seen some weird apartments. Was too much. We looked all over. We looked at a duplex. You know, that's. seen a couple. Yeah, that's another funny thing, too. It's like. Is this too good to be true? The answer? Yes. Yes. Every single time it's yes. <laughs> there are places where it's like, hey, there's a garden outside. And no, it's just like a slab of concrete. And right. you're literally standing next to the garbage. Or <laughs> or there's a dumpster that's like hanging in midair. And they like. Yeah. And they call it a place? balcony. <laughs> yeah. What was that place that they, they had like these, that was these the shipping containers? That, that, was the, that was the duplex. It, everything is weird. Everything is weird in New York. You think you're just going to find a normal apartment. How do we do it the first time? I don't know. We lucked out. And and now we are still looking for a new place. So we've done 230-something episodes in a row. We have never missed a week. Mm-hmm. If we do miss a week, guys... It's because we're homeless. We, we don't have some we don't place have to record. Electricity. We don't yeah. have electricity. <laughs> we're going to do it like they did in the park. <laughs> yeah. Plug it in. Maybe we could do it from like an Apple store or something. Uh, yeah, we, I, you know what? I bet we could. I bet we could. But in the meantime... Wait, you, by the way, this Jim Jones LMA thing I, that you're talking about, yes. it's a pretty good idea. We could sell it to like Vice or something where I, it's like I mean, us looking for an apartment just with, <laughs> with whoever. You know, you know, like knocking on the walls being like... Right. Like, is this hollow? Is this right? You know, is Jeff, this good for hanging? Uh, that's a good positive attitude. Yeah, Something good has to come out of us getting kicked out of our apartment. <laughs> what do you think Cameron's tapestry game is like? You know what? I'm willing to find out. Who are we calling? Vice? Yeah. <laughs> but get Vice if, on the phone. If, yo. <laughs> get Vice on the phone. Get Vice on the phone. <laughs> and if you want to keep up with everything that's going on with us... <laughs> There's only one way to do it, and That's that a is good transition. to sign up at itsthereal.com for our new email newsletter. Yeah, you can go there. Go to itsthereal.com. It's right on the homepage. Yeah. Right? Big we make letters. it very easy for you. Sign up. Put your email address in there. We're not going to do nefarious things with it. There's a bunch of people who, like, 
will write to the contact thing and be like, how do I sign up for the newsletter? Right. It's right there on the front page. Yeah. Don't 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 do this like sort of uh, you know. Uh, don't dance around the question. <laughs> just just go to the place where it says sign up for the newsletter. Yeah. And, and just sign, sign up. up. Yeah. Yeah. It's very simple. Thanks to everyone who has signed up. Shouts to everyone who's responded back to us and said, "Hey, this is dope." And by the way, maybe it's maybe you don't want to go to the actual website. You can just do it on Instagram. You can send us your email over DM. You can do it on Twitter. Very Our DMs easy. are open. Very easy, guys. Some people have been doing it on Facebook. Guess where the craziest places we have people signed up for the newsletter? Oh man, um, two blocks from our house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where. Peru. Peru. Wasn't expecting that. Me neither. Shout out to all of our fans. Is it plural? Just one in Peru. All right. Well, shout out to our fan. The one household down in Peru. Just one guy. That's all right. Shout out to him. Yeah. Also, and- there's a bunch of people in Australia. There's, there's a person in uh, Alaska. Oh, I like that. Where in Alaska? Uh, Anchorage. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, big, unless you wanted me to big do city. like... Big city. Do you know? No. <laughs> do you know? Guys. Also, things I've discovered... We have our second biggest audience, not just in, like our first biggest audience is obviously in the United States. Sure. Our That's, second. Wait, the continental United States, or does that include our one fan up in Anchorage, Alaska? Do you know? <laughs> our second biggest audience yeah. is in Belgium. Currently? Currently in Belgium. Who how about, knew? How about that? We should learn another language. Yeah, so all you other countries better step your game up. <laughs> Jeff, on the podcast today. On the podcast today is Hassan Minaj. This is a big get. Big get. This is a big get, especially since his name has been in the news as of late. <laughs> um, he has a very popular show on Netflix called Patriot Act, and every episode is about one topic. Right. So it's a deep dive on everything from the financial crisis to Saudi Arabia to Supreme. Yeah. You know, our, our biggest scourge on the Lower East Side. <laughs> which, which, is, which is not why he was in the news. The Saudi Arabia episode was why he was in the news. Yeah. And it was sort of like him versus Netflix. And well, Netflix against Saudi Arabia, and and Netflix against Saudi Arabia, or Saudi Arabia against Netflix, I guess, right? Saudi Arabia against Hassan Minaj. That's what it is. Yeah, and that is what Hassan discussed today on the podcast, amongst many other things, including Jerry Seinfeld and growing up in Davis, California, and really going against his parents' wishes and becoming a comedian. He was secretly doing open mics. He won a talent competition where he opened up for cat williams out in the bay he won a couple he won a couple and there were dark years in there there were very successful years at the daily show and he's turned this all into a a just honest and and authentic career that is unlike any other comedian out there which is really dope very nice guy very funny guy and jeff my favorite part is that he walked in here and asked if this is our office? Is <laughs> is that he brought up Ben Kicks and called him Benjamin Kicks with a Z? Yeah. Shout Perfect. out to Ben Kicks. Perfect. Jeff, do you want to recommend three episodes? Because people like this part. People want to know what other episodes they should listen to of the podcast because there are 230-something of these. And people often get lost and they say, hey, you should get Lenny S. on the podcast. And we say, he's been on twice. And then people are like, oh, well, I meant you should get Rembert Brown on. And we're like, oh, well, Rembert's been on the podcast twice as well. So this is the time now, Jeff, where you tell people what episodes to listen to, starting with number 73, Gerard Carmichael. Shout out to Gerard Carmichael. A fantastic episode, man. He came from nothing down there in North Carolina, took a one-way flight out to California, to Los Angeles, lived in a smaller apartment than we have with way more people than we have, and came out of that with his 
his own show on NBC, went into the movies, just had this amazing stand-up career, and is one of the most genuine dudes that we've met. What a great episode, Gerard Carmichael, episode 73. I also want to recommend number 226, Two Jews and Two Black Dudes Review Airplane. Oh, that is a great episode. For so many reasons, including the fact that we talk a little bit about the movie Airplane. <laughs> yeah, but mostly we talk about, you know, race and we talk about the news and we talk about uh Jews. Yeah. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of deep conversation. And if you have listened to Two Jews and Two Black Dudes review the movies, this is one to listen to. And if you have not, this is one to listen to. And by the way, Two Jews and Two Black Dudes Review the Movies has its own feed. Go subscribe over there right now. Wherever it is, wherever over there is, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, sign up and listen to all 10 episodes. Also, number 148 with Ron Funches. Shout out to Ron Funches, who, by the way, has his new Comedy Central special out called Giggle Fit. Right now, it's on iTunes, it's on the Comedy Central app, it's on your TV if you have cable. Did you see that it's the number one stand-up uh, act on Comedy Central over the past two years? I saw that the ratings were crazy. Yeah. Congratulations to our friend Ron Funches, a super, super funny guy. I wonder if he thinks that we're his friends now that he's, like, number one on the Comedy Central ratings. Right. Probably not. Yeah. But I'm going to run with this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell, you know, I'm going to write it. He's going to be our guarantor on the new apartment. That'd be Ron Funches. Ron Funches, you are super successful. Send us your W-2 and <laughs> two most recent pay stubs because we need to get an apartment and we need your help. Can somebody at Ron Funches and just make sure that he's our guarantor? Shout out to Ron Funches and congratulations. Go watch that amazing special Giggle Fit. Jeff, when do you want to get into this episode? Right after I, I just emphasized the fact that people really need to at Ron Funches on Twitter, on Instagram. If you know him in person, call him, text him, email him, throw a brick with a note wrapped around it. Oh, good. Just any of that. Just say, hey, you need to be It's The Real's guarantor for their new apartment. Jeff, when? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Bike Messenger Pants, a.k.a. Get Your Chain Snatched. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Shoes On Point, a.k.a. Ballet. Hey, what's up? It's how's it going? Yes, your third favorite podcast, the waste of time with it's the real. What's What's happening? What's happening, you guys? Everything's good. Yo, this has been long in the making, and we're so excited that I you're know. here. I was telling a friend on the phone last night, our friend Shinsuke, I was like, yo, we have someone big coming over tomorrow for the podcast. And he's uh-huh. like, oh my god. And I'm like, and it's someone who's been in the news recently, and he's like, oh my god, is it R. Kelly? And I, oh. I, swear, I swear to God, we're like, no, no. And uh, by the way, sorry to disappoint, yeah. but it's Hassan Minaj. <laughs> wow, quite the bait and switch. Quite the bait and switch. But you have been in the news a lot. Yeah. Obviously. Right you've here been, getting banned. You've been big out here online because sneaker shopping with Joe LaPuma. So oh. let's, let's get into <laughs> it. That's what we really want to talk about. Yeah, let's, let's get into let's it. Yeah, go. please. Yeah. Let's go. So the people want to know, do you have to pay for the sneakers that you pick out? Wait, I've never been on sneaker shopping with Joe LaPuma. I did a, I did a, I did a parody. We had a special uh, called Goat Face on Comedy Central, and we did a segment called Sneaker Boss. Right. And I played Joey Souls, <laughs> who is uh, basically an alter ego of uh, Joe LaPuma. He, right. w- he would be like an SNL character audition right. that you do for Lorne Michaels. You'd yes. be like, hey, what's up? I'm Joey Souls. Um, and I did, I did, we did our version of Sneaker Shopping, but basically it's called Sneaker Boss. I go meet different people who mm-hmm. have their, and I see their sneaker collections, but I, I, I go meet this, uh, 
the, the Dolez brothers who have these rare and exclusive Air Jordans. And right. so in the sketch, we see the gambling debt eights because we all know MJ had a had an insane gambling addiction. Yes. We see the Hitler stash 25s <laughs> um, where on the sole of the shoe, uh, Michael Jordan has the full on Fuhrer stash and he's dunking on uh, Winston Churchill. And by the way, shout out to Haynes, which is a proud sponsor of the podcast. Oh, shout yeah, out yeah, to Haynes. Yeah. Shout out to Haynes. Yeah. And then... Um, what else the yeah and like the cry face 35s or whatever yeah yeah so it was, it's it was like uh it was a cool little thing but yeah I'm, I'm a big fan of joe Lippen. jenna we've been asked to do it right yes yes we've been asked to do it but we haven't done it yet right on this is like when i like, can't wait to do it well this, yeah, i'm yeah. a huge fan are yeah. you people people ask people ask us all the time to go are you related to joe lapuma are you joe lapuma <laughs> people ask joe lapuma are you indian we're like we're, yeah we're like we're like uh, well, how do you respond when you're asked that we're intercontinental cousins is how i respond <laughs> but you have been in the news recently yes. obviously uh netflix um which has been a wonderful platform for you sure um was sort of shit on because they uh they banned your shit yeah <laughs> yeah they pulled it they pulled yeah. the episode uh due to a request from saudi arabia the yeah Kingdom. yeah not great apparently monarchs don't like getting made fun of no <laughs> yeah. absolute authoritarian regimes don't like getting made fun of. i don't know why i think that trump has a really good uh you know sense, sense of, humor. of humor yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally totally that's what made him run for president <laughs> yeah but yeah. yeah so like when you get that call yes what was that call like i mean you find out that you, you you know i got an email basically but it's it you know it was one of those things where um it really is fascinating the times that we're living in um because global companies now have to address this philosophical debate as they continue to grow and become bigger than countries themselves right in terms of their sheer population and subscribers mm-hmm to what extent do you adhere to laws and customs of the countries that you're trying to be broadcast in? That was not a thing that existed 15 years ago. And now a lot of companies, Google, Netflix, Facebook, they're dealing with that in real time. Well, when is the first time that you realized how big your voice was? How big? Probably Correspondence Center. Yeah? Yeah, where you realize you're like, oh, people around the world saw this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who was the first person to leave you a voicemail that night? <laughs> you know who left me a voicemail like the next day was Elizabeth Warren. Really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, did she, so she had your number? I I don't know how she got my number. So did she have number? Yeah. yeah. Did, did how did we get, how, how did we all get connected? Do you, but how did she get like my local... Oh, oh! Hilarious. Did she leave your? Did she leave her name? Like, say, hi, this is Senator Warren. She was like, hi, this is Senator Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is that one that you saved? By the way, you know when like mailboxes get full. And no, like, you know the one I... that I saved was Jerry Seinfeld, who called me uh, to do comedians and cars getting coffee. Okay, so when? Yeah. It, like the call that he makes on the on the air on the program. He called me before to be like, do you want to be on comedians yeah. and cars getting coffee? Yeah. Yeah. And what happens when he actually calls you for the program? I think like, I still have the voicemail. Let me. Do you want me to find it? Yes, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's so funny because he also, I remember he asked me, I call back uh, and he, yeah, I'll just play, I'll just play. Also, how long are you driving around that day? You're with him for five hours. That's great. Yeah, it's awesome. It was, it was really great. And how much of that was over 70 miles per hour? Oh, he likes to rev. He likes to, yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you like to rev? No, I'm not interested in cars at all. I was, and I, and I tell him this candidly, I'm like, sure. I go, Jerry, let me just, I'm going to be 100% real with you. I think cars are stupid and pointless. I think watches are stupid and pointless. And I think baseball is a dumb sport. Please convince me otherwise. 
you're so an all-time comedian. You're an all-time you comedian. Being like yes, like sure, uh, basketball is not no. as good as baseball. No, he has control <laughs> of the edit. So yeah. I, I wanted to do I want to do a counter edit piece. Yeah. I want him to be on Patriot Act and do an Act Two segment mm-hmm. um, called Baseball Stupid. <laughs> and now I'm in control of the edit, so I can anytime we have this full on conversation. Yeah, because in in if you watch the episode, yeah, you see that I acquiesce and I don't. I didn't acquiesce. I would acknowledge his points. He took out the butt. <laughs> yeah. There I'd be like, okay, that's that's cool, but So of the three things, you would say he's best at comedy. And then where do uh cars and coffee fall? I would say yeah, comedy is his number one. <laughs> okay, dare good, dare yeah. I say I think it's the thing that made him a billionaire. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but you know what to give him credit? I'm I'm really interested in not what you do, but why you do it. The mm-hmm. epistemology is as to why you do what you do, whether mm-hmm. it's copping sneakers or why you're a musician. His why as to why he's obsessed with cars and watches, specifically analog technology. He loves things with great craftsmanship. And so when he explained that to me, I'm like, all right, I get it. Yeah. I mean, it's antiquated, but I get it. But then <laughs> you, you, you would have to say that to Tom Hanks. He's obsessed with typewriters. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's like, I respect the why. And it wasn't to a point where you went out and bought a watch afterwards. No. Or a car. No. <laughs> I, the the most expensive watch I have is the one that my father-in-law got me when I got married. Well, that, <laughs> congratulations. That's very yeah, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does Jerry get you anything for being on the show? No, you know, you know what was really cool? It was almost like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where he took me on this sort of quest <laughs> through New, New Jersey. And then at the end of it, he was like, Charlie. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Wonka. And he goes, you passed the test. <laughs> And then he had he had an envelope, and he's like, because he goes, it was it was really great hanging out with you, and I could tell you're a real comedian. You're in it for the right reasons. Like you you really do love comedy, and so, and I would only do this if you were a real comedian. And then he hands me um, an envelope, and in the envelope is just cash. <laughs> and he's like, that's how real comedians get paid from a comedy club. And, and, I, and I thought that was really cool. That was really dope. It was really dope. That's really awesome. Here we go. All right, we're about to find out. Can I put it on the speaker? Please. Yeah. I sort of hope this isn't it. Hassan, it's uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I'm calling you on uh, Saturday morning. There we go. That, that, is, <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. That's really him. That's really him. <laughs> I saved I saved the, the voicemail. That's Had amazing. you ever talked to him before that? Never. And so that call just comes in, you're just like, like what's going through your head? I just loved it as Hassan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I just love that. Yeah. It's great. It's like, you're like, yeah, it's as advertised. Yeah. What if he had said Hassan? I would have loved it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have loved that. Yeah. He me, like, he come, imagine? Yeah. He comes in with the, str- the strong South Asian yeah. pronunciation. Yeah. yeah. Hassan. Yeah. Basketball's <laughs> not as good as baseball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, let's go back to the very beginning. What's Where are you originally from? I'm, I grew up in Davis, California. So what is Davis, California like? Uh, it is the forgotten Anytown America, <laughs> suburbia, classic, you know, it's a university town, but then it's right next to Sacramento. So it's like any any major city you've been to in America, that's not the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how you have your Bostons, your Philadelphias, your DCs, your Chicagos, your New Yorks that are like Keep going. really <laughs> unique, right? <laughs> then you have like your Dallases. Mm-hmm. You have your St. Louises. Yep. You have your Sacramentos. You <laughs> have these just... Mid-major. Mid-major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forgotten cities. Yeah. Where you're like, I've been to the airport, but I've never been to the city. Right. And I go, look, it's just track housing. You know, Barnes and Nobles, Jamba Juice, Mall, <laughs> Rinse, Wash, Repeat. Sure. Like, at Infinite. But what was, what was cool is um, I grew up in a town that's like a lot of cities in America. And so uh, as I when I traveled to, as a comedian now, 
it's like, oh, I get it. Yeah, you get you, you know yeah, what like, yeah, yeah. Like, I know what a lot of people, their lives were like growing up in, you know, Houston. Sure. Here. You know what, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Well, does does it being a uh, university city yeah. make it a progressive city? Davis spe- specifically is a little bit more progressive, but it's also crazy because half of the population... Population is approximately 80,000. 40,000 of that comes from the university. Half of it just dips during the summer. Sure. Like, it's just... Ghost empty. town. It yeah. becomes a ghost. Ghost town, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have grad students there during the summer and stuff like that, but that's not as, like, the main undergrad population. It's like the Boston of the <laughs> Sacramento... The greater Sacramento area. <laughs> yeah. Davis. Boston of the greater Sacramento area. Yeah, without the prestige. Yeah. 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 Um, I did see that it's, like... Uh, it has the motto like the the right and righteous or something like that. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like there's a frog tunnel because like apparently like there's like an overpass and frogs were dying during the rainy season when they were trying to cross underneath the under the uh, under the uh, under you the guys overpass. Have plagues? Yeah, so, yeah. So there was or like, it's a little, like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Yeah, like. <laughs> there was like a little frog tunnel that like the city passed. I know, like when I was a kid there, there was a big movement where Target wanted to come and people were like we draw the line in the sand. There's going to be no target in Davis, California. Wow. And then I came back like a couple years ago to shoot my special there. And there was a target. And I'm like, oh, they, I was like, dude, they acquiesced. They, get, they gave in. Target's here. Well, I also saw that you guys, uh, it's in Yolo County. Mm-hmm. So when, when Yolo became like a, a huge thing. thing yeah. What did that mean to you? Were you just like... I mean, I was like 28 years old. So <laughs> oh, yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. If it didn't, you had been like 21, I was like, though. Yeah, I was like living in LA or whatever at the time. But if I was in high school, yeah, yeah. I would have been screaming You would have gotten it like tattooed. Yeah, <laughs> screaming it out and yeah. Yeah, being obnoxious about it for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what was growing up in, in Davis like for you? It was it was actually, in hindsight, good. It was good. It was it was it was a good good experience. Your as you've talked about in your special, yeah. um, you didn't have all of your family in town at one time sure yeah yeah yeah. i mean like like my story is like a lot of like sort of like immigrant family first generation type situations where uh different family members are coming over at different periods of time and um you know my mom was you know you know finishing her education so she's in india then she comes to new york does her residency then does it in stockton which is about like an hour and a half two hours away and then she she comes to davis yeah and so when you were in high school yeah were you thinking about leaving Davis were you thinking about like staying there for the rest of your life what was the goal by the end of high school yeah so high school uh it was one of those things where my dream was to go to UCLA like that was like a big deal to me I remember I wanted to go to UCLA um when I was 10 um I don't know if you guys remember Ed O'Bannon and Charles O'Bannon yep, sure. the O'Bannon brothers oh, yeah. at UCLA yeah. they were like a national championship team and I just really loved the to me UCLA basketball had the the west coast lore that UNC had mm-hmm. you know how like UNC and Duke have this like sort of history sure. and pedigree yeah, yeah. of talent like ucla was that for the west coast and i remember um going in like middle school and like seeing the campus and being like this is un- like ucla campus is unbelievably beautiful right it's like an east coast school but on the west coast it's like awesome um so i was like i'm, I'm going to ucla and i actually ended up getting in and then um i chickened out why yeah, the, bands, the O'Bannons weren't there. Yeah, yeah the band, the O'Bannon brothers were you there. You took a stand because they didn't get no, their like, you know, jersey credit you, on the video game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm not going out of, uh, <laughs> out of principle. No, right. I, I went there. I like we visited. We actually visited. Um, me and my dad, we went and visited the campus. And I just remember. This is, I mean, I'm like kind of ashamed to say it, but I, I got freaked out. Really? It's a big school. Yeah. I was like far from home. And, well, how like, big was your graduating class in high school? Um. I don't know the exact number, but it was a de- decent size. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple thousand kids went to my school. Right. But, uh, 
but I just remember like just I got like super overwhelmed and then I ran into a family friend and he was walking coincidentally through the quad and then uh, he was like hey what are you doing here and I'm like oh I'm visiting like I got in and then he kind of he kind of spooked me. He's like, Hey man, it's like a really big campus. It's really competitive here. And I just got like, Whoa. Shook. Yeah. yeah. I got yeah. shook. And I remember, um, on like the drive back, my dad was like, you know, you could always go to UC Davis. Like that's like local and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, I, pro- I could have fought. I could have like, I could have been like, no, I want to go to UCLA, but I just like, I chickened out. I shot myself on the foot. Well, what did you, I panicked basically. What did you think you wanted to major in? Like at that time, I was like any like Indian kid. I was like pre-med pre whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, I was just, just on that... all the majors. Yeah. All yeah. yeah. I'm going to be a pharmacist, dentist, doctor, yep. you know, job security. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like that's, and is that what your dad wanted for you as well? Or totally. He, yeah. totally. Cause I, I didn't know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was like a speech and debate kid, mm-hmm. you know, academically oriented, like playing basketball, like hip hop. But like that was it. So in high school there was like speech like club or something like forensics. Yeah, there was future business leaders of America, and then there was the debate team, and then there was academic decathlon. All of those things had different sort of like speaking competition type events, whether it's impromptu or forensics. And how'd you guys do? We did all right. Yeah, and I was pretty good at it. Like I didn't realize like that was like my first time like understanding performing. Yeah, Yeah. like really understanding that like oh you can perform in front of people and it's like it's a skill set. Yeah, it's like being a great writer or a filmmaker it's like a specific thing that you can like learn and do but i didn't know i, I just i i got involved in it and then i started doing good we, we got like to states and nationals and stuff like that it was really cool and i was really good at impromptu and um i didn't realize this but like if you're funny in 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 a speech and debate tournament yeah or like in a speaking tournament you'll get more points so i inadvertently realized that's comedy. That's stand-up comedy. You have a taker position, and if you make it funny, you're a- able to like engender empathy from people in the audience. So there is an audience there. It's not just the judges. Yeah, you have the judges. That's your audience. Sure. Yeah. You know, but that's no different than a current open mic. So yeah, you're trying to Michaels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're trying. You're trying to make six people laugh. Yeah. Who, right who've been watching comedy quote unquote <laughs> yeah. all day. They've been in an auditorium watching kids speak about for or against a certain topic yeah so if you break the fourth wall or if you break the mold a little bit you you have an unconventional unconventional way of like you know bringing up your argument you get extra i just i would notice when i would go by the book i would score a certain way and then when i would just flip it on its head and be like yeah man that guy's argument is stupid or like you know you would this guy knows what i'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) you would do that type of stuff the judges would just automatically i could see it in their eyes and be like been here all day. He's kind of being original and <laughs> yeah. innovative. I'll yeah. give it to the guy who looks like Joe LaPuma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I remember I read a book uh, maybe like nine years ago or something, but it was about um, debate uh, club in Kansas City, these yeah. inner city uh, kids. Yeah. And they were up against all these white kids who would basically speed um like through points and it was just like about how quickly you could talk yeah. like the micro machines guy sure and then like because they just like did it a little bit different and like yeah. added a little attitude or added a little like you know finesse or whatever yeah they just like went to states and they became like this this 
feel good story this oh, amazing that's awesome. thing yeah, yeah that's awesome so they, they would all, almost like add like spoken word poetry type vibes to yeah like, yeah i got it got it got it or just like anything like yeah because like just... everything was just like like um like the eminem sort of like yeah 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 totally totally so so yeah that was that and i didn't know what stand-up comedy coincidentally i thought stand-up comedy was like remember like the first 30 seconds of seinfeld yeah where he's in front of the brick oh i thought you meant like the baseline yeah no no no. but like what you know like in the early seasons of seinfeld he's he's in the comedy club and he's like what's the deal with laundry? And then you're just like, what is this? It's the cold open. Yeah. I always thought I'm like, that's stand-up comedy because we didn't have cable at home. So I didn't have comedy central. I didn't see that whole era of half hours that like really were like seminal for a lot of young comedians that were my age. Yeah. Premium blend and all that. Premium blend, all that stuff. I didn't know any of that stuff until I got to college and then Kazaa, Napster and all that stuff was like super popping. Yeah. And, um, when I got to college, then I, I could see like, Greg Giraldo and all these guys' half hours and premium blend sets. And I'm like, oh, that's stand-up comedy? Oh, it's funny speech and debate. And you thought, that's me? I could do that. Yeah, I could present a compelling argument about, you know, the war in Iraq, but make it funny. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I'm interested in that type of stuff. So where'd you start? I started in Sacramento. Like at a club? At a, yeah. like Not even on campus? like Yeah, like like I started at like the Sacramento Punchline Sunday. Yeah, like the open mics yeah was, I it started, a, was it a bringer crowd um they, they actually what's cool about the punchline is they have like a sunday showcase night where it's just all the local comedians but i didn't know anything like i, I googled how to become a comedian and then it was like call your local comedy club ask them that you want to perform and so I, I googled who's performing at the sacramento punchline this is like september 2004 so you know season one Chappelle show i but i didn't know who dave Chappelle was so I'm like, oh, okay, Dave Chapley's performing. <laughs> so I call the club and I'm like, hey, um, I saw that Dave Chapley's performing. I was wondering if I could do some time before. And they were like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Dave Chapley. Can I open for Dave Ta- Chapley? Oh my God. Because I just saw it on like, you know, there's all these like just forums of like how to. So I'm like, yeah, okay. It says I'm supposed to call a comedy club. And they're like, yeah, you need a reel. And I'm like, what? Yeah, you need a reel and a headshot. They were trying to get rid of me. And then I like, end up like googling how much headshots are and i got really discouraged because like people have to pay like hundreds of dollars to yeah. get photos taken of them um and then um i ended up going to like some coffee shop open mics and stuff like that and then i met other comedians and they were like you don't need what are you talking about you don't need a reel or a headshot and then i called the comedy club again um and i'm like hey i don't need a reel or headshot right they're like yeah just come to the open mic thing and i'm like okay and i go down to the open mic and they're like are you the dave chapley guy <laughs> and i'm like yeah and they're like yeah we were uh, we were just trying to get rid of you we didn't know Damn. if you were like tro- we didn't know if you were like trolling us oh. or like if you're a crazy person yeah and they're like yeah just come on sundays and so i started coming on sundays and then um i just started integrating myself in that local scene so there's the sacramento scene and then that sort of connected to the bay area scene and so in the bay area scene there was um at the time moshe kasher ali wong yeah w kamau bell and arch barker those were like the big comics at the time that were like coming up and how far is the bay away from sacramento uh from davis it's an hour so i would like steal the car i would say i'm going to the library and then i drive to um i drive to san francisco you're kidding yeah 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 did your parents ever find out like they found out when i crashed the camry yeah so i was coming back from san francisco and it was it, it rains a lot like in norcal and um i hydroplaned Oh. going on like when i was merging onto uh another freeway and like i hit a median oh. and then I, I called my dad in vallejo um and i'm like hey dad can you pick me up <laughs> and my dad basically came out to vallejo and he's like yeah it's really which library were you, going <laughs> yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. you know yeah i was like yeah i'm just going to you know i was going to the library with e40 in vallejo <laughs> and um 
yeah and so then we we had it we had like a, it's real, a quiet right it was a very <laughs> real conversation where he's like okay i get what you've been doing um yeah, and I, he very much was just like, "Why?" I was just really hoping you were like doing drugs. Okay. This is this is far worse than because I know you're like you're a very obsessive compulsive type person. I know you're like you're gonna be really into this thing. Ah, uh, yeah. so on the way, you know, uh, in those early months or or years of yeah. your career, yeah, how quickly did you put material together? Um, when I like, you know, like blind stupidity is actually very powerful because i didn't i didn't have any frame of references so i would just write a ton of material at a time it wasn't very good but i just was like just confident i guess like you ever seen like young thugs wardrobe you're like well, how why would you wear this <laughs> yeah but it's just like i'm wearing this so i i like the early tapes of me i have i'm like I'm like stalking the stage. It's like Indian Chris Rock. It's it's truly bizarre. It's like really like I'm really feeling myself. Were you wearing leather? Yeah, I was, actually was. I, I got some leather money and put it together. You pronounced but, his name right though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it was that. It was just like I would just write a ton of material, and I slowly started to realize like, and this was actually I think it worked out. It all. I, I talk to my wife about this all the time. Like where I, like I do regret not going to UCLA because not not the fact that um I didn't go it's the fact that I like I I screwed myself over you know what I mean when you do unforced errors or mm -hmm. you miss free throws mm -hmm. you get really mad at yourself because mm -hmm. you're like that's that's on me that's not on anyone else but she was pretty candid with me she was like because we met in college and mm -hmm. she's like you were pretty bad when oh. you first started but it's good that we were in Davis mm -hmm. because right you're just at a coffee shop in davis in la you it would have like swallowed you up yeah you would have quickly been like what am i doing what am i know? doing i gotta yeah. go to ucb i gotta da, 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 da. oh man this this big comedian just popped in you get that gets in your head and for me it was just like i just want to host at the local comedy club and then it really taught me to inadvertently you just incrementally build so well, what, by the way that's like the best case scenario. it was the best yeah. thing no, no i'm happened. saying like if you had been at ucla and then gone to ucb and like done all that stuff yeah right like if you've got if you'd gotten spooked into like doing that yeah. i feel like more likely it's like you know there's a million kids like you correct and then you end up going home yeah because mm -hmm. you're just like what am i doing yeah. here and why am i pursuing this thing that everybody's trying to do yeah. and now i'm gonna actually be doing this job that i don't want like you know pre-med or whatever sure by the way your wife doesn't give you the hey uh the good thing about you staying local was that we met <laughs> no, no. <laughs> nah that's why i love her she just gives, she like gives it to me like a thousand percent real yeah that's awesome. so she's like yeah the first few years you were like really bad and then um so i, I lived at home so I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm at home, 18 to 22, um, sneaking out, doing comedy or whatever. And then around 2021, my dad finds out that I was, like, sneaking out and doing comedy. We have that sort of uh, conversation where he's like, all right, well, you got to finish undergrad and you got to take the LSAT. So we had this negotiation. I'm going to take the LSAT. The LSAT has five years on it, right? It expires in five years. I take the LSAT. And then um, after, after I graduated, I stayed local. And um, I just kept working the local clubs. I moved to San Francisco. And then I there's nine clubs in, San, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I became a regular in all those clubs. And that was about six, seven years. And then, and then I moved to Los Angeles. So besides debate, I mean, how much interest did you really have in the law? Yeah, so I, I, because of speech and debate and all that stuff, I really got into political science. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up majoring in political science. Right on. And that was like 
cool, but then I realized a poli-sci degree is 60 units, and it's basically, like, you can learn that shit by just reading Atlantic and Economist articles. Mm-hmm. And, like, like a couple, you, you can honestly get the curriculum online. It's, like, a PDF. <laughs> and then just check out the books. and yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah, then, sure. and then read about, you know the enlightenment or whatever so so there was no there was no like idea that made you get involved in like local or state or national politics or anything i thought i thought i thought i wanted to be like a litigator like that was really cool i thought maybe i'll go to law school and i'll like i'll get into like i'll like you know be like in the movies sure yeah 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 yeah, well because there's that thing too where it's like you go to college and you can either use your degree for what you are learning or yeah. you can just like use it because it's interesting in college and yeah like, go on and do something totally different yeah but then i started like i started learning about things like like the bronx defenders and like you know but like what public defenders do and all that stuff and um i was like that can be really cool yeah you know where a lot you- of people by the way in, in comedy were former attorneys or like law school dropouts dimitri martin greg giraldo was an attorney so when you yeah, guys Kamala all Harris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kamala, yeah, yeah. Dude, Kamala Harris has a killer 15 like I don't know if people yeah. it. it's like super like like real edgy too so wait yeah. is that something where like you guys like talk about different things with litigation when you all get together no 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 no. so yeah me and the ghost of Greg Giraldo we like we like we like talk shop all the time him. no no yeah, we, yeah. but we meet at the comedy cellar or something and we're just kicking it um no I, I realized that in hindsight mm-hmm. but then when you like when you think about like Dimitri's act it is very it's very scientific. Sure. You know, there's like a method to it. You and, know what I mean? Yeah, and he's also and he got charts. charts. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. I so, wonder if Birbiglia was a... I wonder what Mike Birbiglia's um, major, major was. was. I bet it was probably like English. I should ask him. Yeah, yeah. with Georgetown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, Mal- but yeah. Mulaney's Mal- dad mm-hmm. is like a, a super, super like esteemed lawyer. Right. Attorney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, conservative. But yes. oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, like yeah. hated the Clintons. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> I, remember I remember that story. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. But that story is great because he went to college with the Clintons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and Bill was super creepy. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he, yeah. he would hang outside of dorms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. So, um, so you're going to school and you're doing these open mics. Yes. And what's the first point when you really feel like, even if it wasn't like a big crowd reaction, something where you're like, I know that my material is really solid. Um, they would have these like local competitions and they had this thing while 94.9 was the big hip hop station in the Bay and they had this thing called best comic standing. So every year there's a thing called comedy jam that comes to um, San Francisco and it's it's like it's like hot 97 summer jam, but for comedy. So it'll it'll be so the parking lot's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Ebro's there. He's yeah. hosting. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's no, in the Bay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was our local. He was our uh, one of one of two point five. He was like the the DJ. It was wow. cool growing up. Yeah. So like Ebro, I when I met Ebro, I'm like, dude, you you were like my childhood hip hop radio station DJ. But yeah. um, so anyways, it was the local competition with all the comedians in the bay in sacramento and it was at the 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 punchline and then all the radio djs were there and they would judge right and um whoever wins that competition gets to open comedy jam and comedy jam stacked it's like cat williams gabriel iglesias russell peters like we're talking about like big mega acts do it right um and that year cat williams was like the headliner and this is like peak cat williams Dipset, yeah, Cat yeah, 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 yeah,
uh, but uh, but I ended up winning, and Whoa. I was in 08, and that was like a big deal. Yeah, to me at the time, and in, in this like in the city at least for for Bay Area. How comedy. much time do they give you? They give you five minutes. Okay, and nobody and like and like you know people are filing in. Sure, but it was a big deal in the local comedy scene. Totally. Like that like oh like he's good. You could ride off that for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah it meant to, it was a big deal. Sure. Yeah, for and, me. And, and then and then how do you parlay that into the next? Well, thing? it made me realize I was like man like maybe I am like pretty good at this um you know i was like four years in you know and then um nbc there would always be these festivals that would come up to like search for talent and then nbc had like this big comedy search thing and i ended up becoming a finalist in that so those two things happened in the same year and i'm like man maybe this is a sign and so i just used that as a sign in 2009 i moved to la whoa and did that, you get that a headshot ca- <laughs> i finally i finally got a headshot in 09 yeah, yeah yeah they were really bad too did you did you do any of like the ones where it's like over the shoulder like the prom thing or like- i didn't do the prom thing but they're pretty they're pretty whack they're pretty whack. if you scroll down on google images far enough you'll find them wow yeah well i just found out something i'm gonna do today yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah scroll so down. you moved to la and what part did you live in out there I lived everywhere, man. My first place, I lived in an attic in Pasadena. Oh. Yeah, it was like 250 bucks a month. All right, well. Yeah, it yeah. was great. It was a great rate. But you didn't have your own, like, bathroom or anything? No, nah, I had to share. Yeah. Yeah, and then I lived everywhere. I lived in Pasadena, then Burbank, Studio City, downtown. I lived everywhere. And yeah. what were you looking to do out there? Just, like, yeah, I was, dude, get was, on any stage? Yeah, or? dude, it was just, like, Vimeo link in a dream. Yeah. I'm just out here trying to make a career in show business sorry one more time i want to go back to you being a roommate did anybody have like weird tests or like weird um ways for you to get accepted into living with any of these people i mean one dude was just i lived with this crazy personal trainer dude he was um he was nuts (laughs) yeah he was genuinely nuts but that he made me do a body fat test We met, and he had like a like one of those machines you hold it like this that you do the thumbs, and it, it tells it, you. Oh, Scientology. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah, yeah it was Scientology. And um, but yeah, you you put both your thumbs down, and then you're part of the um the Church of Scientology. Yeah. I was like, fuck, um, that's cool though. And then um, I did that. Yeah, he was he was out of his mind, but I was like, rent's really cheap. And then um, yeah. So you passed. I passed. Yeah. He wow. thought, he's like, you're funny, dude. You can you can look at me. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So um. Obviously, like, New York is unlike Los Angeles in that, like, you can jump on a train here and hit, like, six different stages yeah. in a night. Yeah. Um, did you have to make that sort of destination planning? I was driving like crazy. Yeah, yeah. You have to drive, a, like, a ton. There's a lot of driving. Like, you have to drive to, like, Orange County for to a mic, then to, like, Ventura. Then It was, yeah, it was, it was rough. And when did you have, like, the sort of tipping point out there where you're, like, noticed, where you're accepted, and t- you're... Yeah, I started integrating myself in, like, the L.A. comedy scene and... Like right around 2012, 2013, 2014. That's like when things started really started clicking. It took it took a few years. So who were some of the people you're running with? Um, the same the same sort of San Francisco crew that started immersing themselves down there. We were all like friends, and that was really cool. So you already had like a built-in sort of that was the, that, network. That was the cool yeah. thing about like being from NorCal in the Bay and being part of that comedy community is a bunch of them would would siphon off and then go to LA. It was all, it was almost like high school graduating classes. Like, oh, Ali moved to L.A. Oh, Moshe moved to L.A. Like, it was, like, a big deal. And so you're like, okay, maybe I should move to L.A. Yeah. Yeah, it was like that. And did you feel like you made the right decision? Like, you were, like, an L.A. guy? No. I, the first few years, I call them the dark years, man. It was not good. It was It was just, it was really, I was away from family, friends. Um, How'd you have structure in your life? I, I didn't. It was really bad. It was just bad. You're just like, I don't know. Also, what I, I really do feel like I'm a, like, I fuck with New York a lot. Like 
I really love New York. I love the way Knicks fans are. I love the way the arts and the the craft of everything is appreciated in, the, mm-hmm. in this city. That's the commodity here, like the intrinsic value of what you do. LA, the commodity everyone's trading is fame. Mm-hmm. And that's empty in and of itself. You know what I mean? And so when you come in and you're not famous, then you're just desperate to try to get famous and you're not about the work. And that was like the first few years was like, am I supposed to go to p- clubs? Right. Like, am I supposed to go to party? You know, you don't right. know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Whereas it, you know, everyone here, I feel like in, in this city, it's like, hey, I'm a Broadway performer. Like, I'm a singer. I'm a dancer. That's all I do. Like, I, I, that consumes my life. And that's in and of itself. I'm a journalist. I'm a podcaster, whatever. People are like really obsessed with their grind and their craft. So the first few years was, was just me being lost. I didn't know what I was doing. And then I sort of found like a, a close knit group of friends and we started making videos and you know, it's just like you you figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that you would have made it had it not been for the internet? No. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I think the traditional powers that be were kinda like they weren't really feeling what I was about. You know what I'm talking about? Like the older comedy bookers yeah, and sure. stuff like that. It's just comedy looks a certain way and and has a very certain audience to them you know yeah. what i mean yeah but even like the rhythms of it like everything is just like all of yeah. it yeah yeah, yeah. they just they, they just kind of just be like what's your deal i don't understand you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. So, so it's jerry seinfeld <laughs> <laughs> so in that time were you thinking like okay you know maybe i don't have to do stand-up to get where i want to go or i'll do television or i'll do viral videos or i'll do something that will get me to yeah. the next level yeah i didn't realize this but like the perfect place for me was the daily show and I, I was doing a lot of things. I, I was, I was, I, I did like, I was like a recurring character on like a short-lived sitcom with Raven Simone called State of Georgia on ABC Family. Yeah, like I'm like, because those were the rules. It used to be like people tell me this all the time. If you're on a sitcom, then you can tour, and then people will know you. You're the guy from the sitcom. And yeah, it's like as seen on as yeah. seen on yeah, yeah. Home Improvement, and, yeah. and, that, <laughs> and you're selling out clubs for years. Right. But I was in that late. What is it called? The aughts? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. The, the whole culture was shifting from this old way of doing it. You know, like people started be, started to become famous from just YouTube. Mm-hmm. Or people started to become famous from just like SoundCloud or a podcast. The, all the rules to the game started changing. And I started noticing like I just got to authentically be myself and put it into something and people will start noticing so what were the things you were living on and you were able to go home and like at a at a wedding and you see all these relatives and they're like what's up and you're like i, I was in, this. yeah i'd be like they'd be like i saw you in that pizza hut commercial like yeah like that was like but that was what was paying my rent like commercials or doing a guest star you know indian med student number four right. you know like honestly like that was like paying my rent and then um I started doing the, this YouTube series called The Truth with the Samanaj and like it'd basically be like the equivalent of me doing like a three minute chat. I didn't know this. It was like a de- it was like a daily show desk chat, kind of like what Lewis Black would do where he'd like go to camera. This is my POV or take on something. Boom, 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 boom. And we're out. Yeah. You cut to SOTS, clips, OTS. Like it had all those elements. I didn't realize it. But my friend was like, oh, you have these like takes on these things that don't oftentimes work in a two drink comedy club environment it's a very niche thing that happened or it's like a political event that happened um and then someone from the daily show a couple people had like caught wind of it well i mean did you already have like like what were the numbers like on that like two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand. but like so there is an audience for yeah, it. yeah yeah but it, it was one of those things where it 
it's not like I was like a huge no no no, no. but YouTube like but, but it wasn't like you were speaking into like you know uh, <laughs> thirty seven yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> and like people had written up about it like oh this is a cool series and stuff like that and then I remember in passing one time they were like oh oh uh, someone had told my manager oh they really like your stuff at the Daily Show but the Daily Show is one of those things where the the lineup of correspondence is like five or six it's not a huge ensemble cast it's pretty small especially during the John era and people would stay there for a long time like samantha b was there for 12 years john oliver was there for eight years so when someone leaves it's like a big deal right because then you have like a vacancy and i remember when michael che left to go back to snl um to do weekend update there was like an opening and that's when i auditioned in 2014 hey guys just want to interrupt this podcast for one quick second one sec to let you know that because we're moving and we don't know where now is the time for you to go to itsthereal.com slash shop and get yourself an It's The Real t-shirt because it's winter and you better bundle up because we might be homeless. That, that's, that's the one right there. Guys, before we move, help us out. Get some of these t-shirts so we don't have to take them to, I don't know, Central Park. <laughs> now is the time to go to itsthereal.com. Grab yourself a two Jews and two black dudes t-shirt. Grab yourself an It's The Real aka t-shirt. Grab yourself one of the remaining few Rockefeller t-shirts that we have. Now is the time. It's thereal.com slash shop. If you want to lend us a hand in moving, we need to find a place first. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to be wearing these in a tree. <laughs> Ron Funches, if you're out there, help us find a new apartment. <laughs> Jeff, and now back to the podcast. I remember my, ma- my manager emailed me and was like, do you want to audition for The Daily Show? And I'm like, I think this could be like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. You know, because it's very rare that, like, the Venn diagram of all the things that you're into are... Comes, ha- yeah. yeah, it comes together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ahead of time. Yeah. When did you, like, have it within you to believe that maybe this could actually, like, happen? There were just a couple, like... I, I, I had had enough wins at that point. They were... You know how, like, when you're coming up, like, you'll have a key win. You, all you need is a few key wins on your belt. And you can you can coast off of that for like a year. Yeah. You'd be like, we did this thing. And like, all right, we'll be all right. You take a bunch of losses, but you're like, remember when I won Best Comic Standing in 08? Like, that'll take you to yeah. fiscal 2010 or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It will, like, honestly, yeah. you know? Or like, you book that recurring thing. And it, the show may not be great, but like, you saw the, the waiting room. And you're like, I, you beat out all those people to be med student number four right so this is meant to be like, yeah, yeah but it's just it's key key wins right so that it was that so i was like i had done that i had gone to the like to be a, like a finalist for um oh i had i, I got to do montreal new faces which is a big wow. deal yeah. just for laughs right? yeah 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 that had happened in 2013 and so it just made me feel like you can do this man yeah you know what i mean and so, so what was the audition process like well because i was doing a bunch of independent stuff i had i shot my own audition tape so my buddy Aristotle Theories, he's like a friend of mine from LA, and um, he goes, he goes, we should shoot a field piece, and I, I just like shot my own field piece, and we put it together. But suit I suit and tie, suit, yeah, 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 yeah. So I took like my like my JC suit out. We're like, let's do this, and we shot a field piece, and we put it together, and I submitted a field piece and a chat idea, and then they saw it two days later. They're like, John wants you to screen test. Can you come and screen test? And I'm like, all right. And I went in and I did the screen test. Flew out here. Flew out to New York. What's yeah. that? What's that plane ride like? super nerve-wracking but i remember i still have the my packet like i still have my original packet of like all right you're gonna do this joke this joke this joke this joke this joke and it's like highlighted and all the whole thing um but yeah i was like super nervous but i was also like 
out of everything you've auditioned for, like, you can do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I remember, like, a year before I had to audition for, like, the reboot of Wild and Out, and I'm, I was, like, fucking terrible. Right. But I'm, like, this is not that. Right. This is your thing. Yeah. So, like, I came in with, like, a little bit of, like, hey, man, you got this. When I saw John, I got shook. For like a little bit, because yeah. you know it's like the, it's him. It's the goat. It's the goat. You know what I mean? It's Jewish Yoda. Yeah, You're yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, but yeah, then, yeah. like you know, like you settle, in, you settle in a little bit. And the, the things I'm proud of is that there were a couple moments where, with one of the producers, you'd sort of do a pre-interview before, of like, hey, you're gonna. Just know that the prompter's over here. Turn and say this, and they go over what's going to be. You had you've written the chat, so it's going to be in prompter. There were a couple things where I kind of make fun of John in the chat, and the producer's like, ah, don't say that. Um, but I sort of held, I held them in, the, in my back pocket at the line of scrimmage and I started feeling myself a little bit in the, in the chat. And so I went off script a little bit and I could see the prompter like pause the prompter guys. Like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> but then John started laughing and John does this thing where, um, he'll hit the desk if he's like kind of feeling it. And so you could see Johnny hit the desk once and then all the writers and all the producers, they like, they were like, oh, okay, we're cool. And then he's riffing, I'm riffing and we're just going back and forth. And it's like, comedy is kind of like a thing where if you catch a vibe, if you catch a moment, it is very magical in that room. It just feels like a magic trick. Like what's, what's going on? And then I was able to like land the plane back into what prompter and we go back into prompter and then the button of the joke is he had just directed a movie called Rosewater. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like making some point about like, <laughs> I don't know, it's like like the U.S. involvement in Syria or something like that. And then um, it's like, I'm like, John, it's kind of like the movie um, Rosewater on Rotten Tomatoes. It has, 80, <laughs> it has 83. And he goes, it's actually, it's 86. And I, go, <laughs> and I go, nobody's seen the movie, John. And he starts laughing. And I remember like, for a lot of people, it's like that was his passion project, right? So like, don't make fun of it. But like, I'm, I'm like, I made fun of it. But John is one of those guys. He's like so good at like laughing at himself that he laughed at it, and everybody else laughed at it. And it just like, I was really happy that I took that swing. Yeah, you know what I mean. That I was just like, fuck it, let's go for it. Because uh, you could have not. Again. Yeah, yeah, and just like do exactly what's in the prompter. Right. Like, and I was like, no, button it. Like, right. like yeah. kind of like button it with something. And it, it, it paid off. After you leave the audition, yeah. do you go back to the hotel? Oh, he 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 was... Uh, he drove you back? Yeah, he drove me back. <laughs> he was like, you need to ride. Uh, Five hours. <laughs> I was walking back to the, to, the, um, to the green room. And then he's like, hey, where are you going? And I'm like, uh, I'm going back to LA. And he's like, well, I'll see you Monday, right? And I was like, what? And he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll see you Monday. And I was like, what? What do you, uh, how? And he's like, well, you work here. Wow. So I'll see you Monday. Yeah. So he hired me. That's really in the awesome. Studio. It was really cool. Yeah. yeah. I posted the video. It was really cool. Like all the producers came in the hallway and they recorded it. And it's really cool. They gave that's me, really, they that's gave me really that. Nice. Yeah. Jen Flans gave me that video. It was really cool. So shout out to Jen Flans. Yeah. So that, that's a, that's a good ride home. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. And so then I, I like, I remember I like, I ran out of the, the studio. It was like, Remember that last scene in um, Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith? Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah, he yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like Will Smith Pursuit of Happiness scene. And then on, do you like that movie because that's based in the Bay? <laughs> I love I love that movie. Yeah. That movie's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've, I will unapologetically I love that movie. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, J- and Jaden's great in that movie too. Yeah. Uh, uh, I run over. You know, it's the Daily Show's like fifty second um, and eleventh. Yeah, I all run, the way over. Yeah, it's all the way west, and I run to like. I don't, I don't know where I am because it's like 
it, I'm not from New York, so I'm like, where? Like, being that far west, I was a little disoriented. I run to 51st and 11th, and there's this, like, um, there's this subway and this Kumon that are next to each other. And so it, it was super cold, so I'd, like, because it's, like, November, October, November-ish. So I get underneath this awning in front of this Kumon, and I call my uh, my fiancé at the time, who's not my wife, and I'm like, I, I got it. Like, I got it. And she's like, what? I'm like, I got it. I call her. I call my mom. It was nuts. And then, like, the person in the subway is like, are you coming in or are you coming out? You're standing in front of the door. People get, like, super pissed at subway, especially yeah. the subway's far west because it's all the cab drivers. They're yeah. like, what are you doing, man? I got I to gotta get a meatball sub. It's $5 foot long day. Get out of the way. That but I just, I just posted in that subway for, like, an hour. I'm like, what do I do now? Oh, I didn't know. Way, I, didn't I know. thought that you were talking about a train station. I was like, yeah, yeah, no, subway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like sitting in there for like an hour in like a suit. That's so crazy. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, where do I go? <laughs> Jen, you know, like, I don't know. I don't go anywhere and I have no hobbies. So I'm like, what, what, do, what do I do? <laughs> like, you know yeah. how people are like, I'm going to go to this store and then I'm going to go to the Strand. And yeah. I'm, gonna yeah, go, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I don't know what, what do you got? <laughs> just in the Big Apple, like, man. At the same time, your life was like figured out and then like totally like not figured out. Yeah. Because we were supposed to get married. We were getting married in January. So I'm like, good news, bad news. Like, the good news is I got this job. So we have like solid employment. The bad news is the wedding's canceled. Yeah. Because my wife, she was getting her PhD at UCLA. Like, she She's the high achiever, right? Um, she went to UCLA. <laughs> went to, she actually went to UCLA and my sister. It was one of those things where I, I made sure like nobody else in my life would ever make that mistake ever again. <laughs> like anybody else who's like, hey, there's this new thing. It's scary. I don't want to do it. Like yeah. I'm going to do the safer thing. Right. I've like, I've vehemently been like, fuck that shit. Do you then jump out of planes? I don't jump out of planes. but you fall I, out of them. But <laughs> like, but like. It's informed a lot of the choices I made. That's dope. Should we do an episode on Saudi Arabia? I'm like, we're doing a fucking episode on Saudi Arabia. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, well, it's was there pushback on that beforehand? I mean, they, they, th- nobody ever stopped us from doing it, but w- we were told the variables. Like, mm-hmm. you understand that you are saying very critical things of an absolute monarch. You just need to be aware of those things. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, it's informed a lot of the choices that I made in my career of like, correspondence center same sort of thing like yeah should i make the i do not see steve bannon joke yeah right. we're doing the nazi steve bannon joke like, yeah it's that sort of stuff of like yeah we should do it so then so you get the job and yeah. you you do start on that monday yeah we started like a, well john was like take a minute to pack <laughs> up your thing but yeah it was like a few weeks later I'm, I'm in new york and and then you moved out here i moved out here i was like i'm a, i'm like I have a fiance, but I like I had roommates. It was crazy. So you'd never yeah. spent considerable time out here? Never. I had just come for like I used to do this thing called NACA, which are like these college gigs. Oh sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So a, so yeah. I would I the only time I had spent in New York was doing all the SUNY schools. Mm-hmm. SUNY Oswego, yeah. SUNY Albington. Right. <laughs> like that's the time you I did was the whole circuit. New- yeah. I did the whole circuit. Yeah. yeah. Cobal skill. Yeah, yeah, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, really sad. Omianta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really, really, sad. really yeah, like yeah. really, really sad. Yeah, they're not like beautiful like your campuses out in. The- no, <laughs> yeah. no. Like people say like, oh, that's a beautiful campus yeah, out yeah, in. Yeah. No, we yeah. have like garbage campuses. Oswego yeah. is the um, is like the, the armpit of. Yeah, exactly. I remember at, at Oswego yeah. they were like, don't do any jokes about drugs or meth. We have like a big meth and heroin problem here, and I'm like, got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but did <laughs> you did you push back off, on yeah. that? I didn't have I didn't have 20 minutes on meth and heroin. Unfortunately, I'm like, do you know? Okay, you want to know what? You leave with 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got a good twenty on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you move here, and was it like just diving in the deep ends? Like, well, what, what was cool is that like it gave me this like this Disneyland fast pass of confidence in the New York scene, where it's like, oh, you're the new correspondent on the show, 
So then I start integrating myself into like the scene pretty quickly. And people are like, oh, you're the guy from who just got hired, you yeah. know? And so that was really cool. And then I like started meet, meeting all the comedians out here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did it take you a while to get like a spot on TV? Yeah. It, my first chat, I think, was like three or four weeks after I joined. So I didn't like, I didn't do a chat the day I joined. It was, right. it was cool. It was yeah. Cool though. yeah. Yeah. And like looking back at it now, yeah. how was John as a boss? He was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was one of those things where, and I don't know if you, you've experienced this, like, you know, um, you hear a lot of stories about like these geniuses or these savants also being assholes, right? Like you'll read the, the Steve jobs, Walter Isaacson book. And you're like, man, he was amazing, but he was also like a huge dick to people. You hear these stories about like Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan punching Steve Kerr and yeah. like stuff like that where yeah. you're like, but then you're like, maybe that's what it takes. Right. right. Yeah. You know, great men can't be good men. You got you to gotta, you gotta do it to win. Right. And then like seeing John be like, so um, like kind, not egotistical, just like a decent human being. Never punched Steve Kerr. Never punched no. any of the cameramen. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, he had no fuck it, let's do it live type of yeah, type yeah. of situations. Seeing him and then, you know, also getting to spend time with Colbert, seeing them be like really decent people mm-hmm. was like really inspiring. Like, oh, you can be great at what you do and you don't have to be an asshole. And so you, you like being a decent person doesn't preclude you from also doing incredible work. Yeah. Does, yeah. What about like the other correspondents? Like, is that like a very welcoming thing? That like, was cool. Yeah. yeah. But you, I didn't even realize what I was like walking into. You know, you don't you don't realize like. Like, a thing I didn't realize is, like, how funny Samantha B really is. Like, she's a really, like, to me, like, her comedic timing, her ability to perform, she's up there with, like, the Tina Fey's. She's really, like, like she is incredibly skilled. You don't realize how funny they are, like. Um, but now she's your competition, so maybe you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's, like, yeah, our audiences are very different, yeah. <laughs> I would say. So, yeah. so how's the balance between, like, going in there and wanting to make a mark and then, like, also bringing in your own voice? Yeah, so you try to come in, like, I made a big mistake. No, it's actually not a mistake. You just come in, you're trying to, you know, follow your instincts. But, like, um, I came in and I just, in my, the first writer's meetings, I was like, I got to be funny. So with every every pitch, I had, like, I try to, like, drop a funny tag. Like, oh, this is really funny. This is really funny. And then you realize, I remember one of the writers was just like, hey, like, you don't have to chime in on every pitch. What's your take? Like, that opens up the whole story. It's like, what is your comedic take in one or two sentences that summarizes the entire issue, mm. right? And um, y- jokes are easy, believe it or not. Like, people don't realize this. It's actually the opposite. You have to, what is the philosophical thesis statement that you're making? And then you put joke jokes around that. And so when I realized that, it just, I was able to see, you could see the matrix, you're like, oh, act one is built on John's take. He's ultimately trying to say this. He's ultimately trying to say this. And then you build jokes around that. And when you think about jokes, like, they're av- they're cheap. They're available on Twitter 24-7. A great take that, like, threads the needle is that's what people come for. But yeah. that, I mean, like, but that is a great take. Like, there are so many takes. There are as many takes as there are jokes. Sure, right? yeah. sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. And, and, but if you come in with, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? In this case, what comes first, the take or the joke? Mm-hmm. You have to start with take. Right. I agree with that. That's yeah. the thing. And that, that I can't believe like, you know, I'm, I was 10 or 11 
almost 12 years into comedy and I then realized I'm like oh I've been thinking about it the wrong way it's take hmm. first then build jokes and you have to have yeah. a great take yeah. like I've had trust me I've pitched a lot of <laughs> shitty takes but th- learning that was like super critical who are some of the producers who really meant a lot to you over there um the people that I realized that are like oh you, this person's a proper genius capital G like a Steve Bodo Steve Bodo is like the showrunner executive producer on the show like you understand why they became who they became like Tim Carvel and John Oliver. Like you quickly realize, Oh, there's 18 people in this room. He comes up consist. He shoots the highest percentage of great take. Mm. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah, this is what everybody's saying. This is what's really happening. Mm. Um, yeah. John, all we would generally have it. And you know, like late night is a quarterback's medium. So SNL is an ensemble cast. It's like putting together a great basketball team. You got to have a great, you know, guard. Shoot. Like this is a quarterback's medium. It's built. You are your limiting factor is the host. Yeah. Like if you have a whack host or if the host isn't particularly talented or driven, the show drops yeah. immediately. Whereas in other situations, the ensemble, Kate McKinnon can carry this. Keenan can carry this. And you put the ensemble together and it's like, a, it's, it's a meal that builds over time and talent. Um, seeing john like in realizing oh you have to come in and the host has to have the best take and generally if you come in with a head full of steam about a topic you're able to build pretty quickly around that mm. versus being indifferent about things then it's very hard to write to that yeah when it came to putting together your own show yeah who were some names that like maybe you weren't able to get yeah. in terms of like behind the scenes but who you like actively tried to get yeah like I basically reached into that Daily Show genius Rolodex. Mm-hmm. That's how we got Jim Margolis, our our current showrunner. And it was it's basically like you basically need somebody like an offensive coordinator to tell you what not to do. Because my limiting factor, it's not passion or work ethic, it's wisdom, dude. Like it's why like you ever wonder like you'd be like, why did Drew Bledsoe have like a sixteen year career? Like who was the who was the quarterback for the Rams who went to the Super Bowl? Kurt, Kurt Warner. Yeah. Kurt yeah. Warner, right? Like he had a long career. Why wouldn't you go with like a twenty two year old quarterback? It's because they've seen shit at the line of scrimmage. That's an intangible factor. That's wisdom. It's like their arm may not be there. They may not be able to like scramble the way, but they just don't crack when the when the blitz comes as quickly as like a young quarterback. And I realized that wisdom is the limiting factor I don't have as a host. Mm. I have to surround myself with people or at least a showrunner who's going to tell me, am I saying something, A, that's factually inaccurate, B, that's naive, or C, that just is straight up hacky or it's a trope that's been done before. Mm -hmm. You've got to prevent me from those three things. And finding that was like critical. So what was it like and how did you find out that John was going to leave the Daily Show? He called us into his office. It was crazy. Everyone together. Uh the correspondents. Yeah. He called like me, Jason Jones, Samantha B, Jordan Klepper, and Jessica Williams. And he's like, "Can you come to my office?" And then he told us he's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm not going to be coming back." And what'd you do? I was like, "Dude, you can't do this, man. I just got I just got married, man. I can't do this. I just moved to New York. You can't do this to me, man." Cuz you don't know the the future of the whole show. I don't know the future of the show. I don't know the like I was like, dude, I, I made it. You, you can't do this to me. And he found that a compelling argument, and then he never <laughs> left. And he was like, dude, you're right, man. Like, yeah. honestly, like, it's been 17 years, and who am I to have you move out here? Um, you know, it's going to be tough on you and Bina. You got to, like, no, I'm, I'm going to stick around for another presidential yeah. cycle. And like, you're like, you know what? And I'm like, thank you, dude. Yeah, thank yeah, you. yeah. Like, you're solid, dude. You're solid. Dude. I heard being like, you're going to come back, though, right? And he's like, no. <laughs> I remember, I remember, like, you're going to come back, we're in the 4-5, right? Yeah. And he's like, what? 
<laughs> I've said some dumb things around John. I've said some like really stupid things Does that he, I thought were yeah, clever, yeah. and he doesn't get them at he all. He doesn't get them. And I yeah. was like, what? <laughs> so, but he he did he did in fact leave, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and so how did you sort of like? Did you know that you were gonna stick around? Did I know I was gonna stick around? You didn't know. You didn't know what was going to happen with the show. Remember, like, when he left, there was all those articles about who's going to host the Daily Show. Is yeah. it going to be Chris Rock? Is it going to be Amy Schumer? Is right. it going to be Jessica Williams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Is it yeah. going to be Jessica Williams? Is it going to be internal? Is it going to be external? Right. There was all these think pieces about, like, who's who should do it. Right. So what Machiavellian, like, uh, maneuvers did you take? <laughs> to not host? No, yeah, <laughs> to solidify your plan. I was like, I was like uh, Comedy Central, you guys know I'm a fucking pansy, right? But you know I shot myself in the foot, and I, I get scared in big pressure situations. They're like, oh, reverse psychology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I found out the same way everybody found out when they're like, Trevor Noah's hosting. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. it was the same way. It was the same way too. But what was cool is like, Trevor got hired as a contributor the same day I got hired as a correspondent. So like, it's like seeing like your brother get, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, how, you know, Blake Griffin has a brother. You know, like Steph Curry has a brother. Yeah, yeah, Seth yeah, Curry, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was Seth Curry in this situation. I'm like, Steph is popping. <laughs> Steph made it. Yeah, I'm, I was the Seth Curry in the situation. But it was cool to see, like, your brother. Like, ma- I'm like, dude, you're the hottest bachelor in New York City. Right, yeah. right. Bro, you're like Derek Jeter. Right. <laughs> Send him home with a gift bag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, dude, you're like 31 years old and you're the host of The Daily Show. Yeah. Also, like, insane amount of pressure, too, by the way. Yeah. What huge. crazy shoes to fill. Yeah. yeah. But and, he did it. And so what are some of the um, most random places that they sent you uh to go to that you never thought you would end up at dude i've been i've been everywhere alabama florida um i went to the i went out to like the north dakota pipeline stuff like i've been everywhere it's been nuts (laughs) what's a field piece that changed you when i went to sneaker con and i met benjamin kicks with a z yeah yeah yeah. i'm like this dude is (laughs) The fact that this kid is going to be is the mo- one of the most powerful people in sneaker reselling is yeah. insane. It's so crazy. we actively tried to get him on the podcast. Okay, well, how did? Um, I mean, I was texting him. Like, <laughs> Whoa. He, yeah, I, I like yeah. went like full in, just like I'm going to get Ben Kicks right. on the podcast. We wanted to bring him to the Roots picnic when we yeah. were performing there. Yeah, uh-huh. and never got a response. Oh, shit. <laughs> Didn't happen. No. Oh, he ghosted you guys. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah terrible. But you got the number. Yeah, I have like three numbers for him. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my 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 field producer for the piece, he 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 texts me all the time of like Instagram posts from Ben Kicks, and he's like, "Look at the monster you created." Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> but I, at the time, he was 15, and he was just like, you know, he's a sophomore in high school. And I remember his like his parents were just like, "Ben, right. <laughs> you can't leave right now." But then he'd be like, "I gotta go to live with Khaled right. or whatever club or whatever," and he would go. He would be in the club. He yeah. Would, he would be a. Did you think back and you're just like, I had to sneak out of my parents' house to go do an yeah. open mic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, his <laughs> and pa- he's going to yeah, yeah, no, but, you know, like jet skiing live on over Sundays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It yeah. was nuts. It was like, <laughs> this is crazy. But yeah, I, I mean, you can't knock the hustle. The other crazy thing is I also met like Josh Luber who started StockX. And like StockX is like legitimately one of like the biggest yeah. sneaker resale companies. Yeah. I, I'm like, Josh, you like own a billion dollar business. It, it's like, it's preposterous right yeah like you're gonna it's gonna be like leslie stall on his yacht (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. i'm like you're gonna like have an ipo like yeah yeah this is crazy but you were you were just a character in one of my field pieces but isn't it like crazy how it's like every single sneaker reseller business is like a billion dollar business like stadium goods flight club like every single one is popping yeah yeah it's wild yeah do you ever flip your shoes um i gift a lot of my shoes i'll get stuff sent to me but then like Dude, I don't have room with the baby. How many? How many do you have in rotation? A lot. How many? Sh- a lot. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's your number? Like, 
uh probably like 30 30 in yeah, rotation like yeah. yeah yeah but like i i wear the same two shoes every time <laughs> what are your two i just wear agassiz <laughs> like, and they're all like beaten down like, i love you know. agassiz man so um, how did you know wait how many shoes did you have um i was i i thought i was at a lot at like 40 yeah. But it's not a lot. By no, because then you see like Joe Puma yeah. and, like, and they yeah. have like, you know, entire like houses for them. And you're just yeah. like, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's cute that you have 40. Yeah, yeah. Is your wife as into sneakers as you are? No, and like, and like the older I've gotten, I'm just like, I'm less about like having a ton of shit. Mm-hmm. It, it, I'm, on, I'm on my like Marie Kondo type vibe right, right now. <laughs> Yo, I just, did I just, you watch that? Yeah, I, mean, I, I, did a, I did a piece with her. She brought like we brought, she brought a ton of joy to my life. Yeah. No, it's just one of those things where you got to streamline shit, dude. Like I got, I got to run a show. I got people who work. I got to read all these news stories. Like I just got to, you know what I mean? I, I totally get the Dr. Dre wear a black yeah. sweater every day. Right. Air Force One. Yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. I totally get it now yeah. where it's just like, I, I can't think about other stuff. Right. Also like playing the, um, trying to keep up with what's popping. Yeah. I, I just can't do the I can't do the hype long division on it. Right. You know what I mean? It's too it's too much work. And it's well, this, what is what is the most hype beasty thing that you've ever done, you think? I think the most hype beasty thing that I did is I tried to wear like these ripped jeans. You know, like the ripped jeans were like really big and like I I looked like Indian Polly Shore. Like I'm like, <laughs> what's going on? And I and I wore it in like a New York Times photo shoot. Wow. Like I would like super hype beasted out. And then all my friends back home are like why are you dressing like that? <laughs> and I'm like, this is stupid. I should never dress like this ever again. Or you should double down on it. Yeah, but I just, I just don't have, like, I, I look myself in the mirror and I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Right. Like at home, you have like the the fanny pack over your shoulder and an yeah, off white yeah. belt just hanging down. And- I did this thing with Trinidad James. He he, he does a show for Complex, yeah, and, I, yep. and I asked him honestly today. I was like, is this real? <laughs> right. Or do you wake up and you're like. Friday, time to put on the costume. Like, yeah. you know, you got to put on the whole thing. Yeah. And At home, he's wearing Dockers. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, no, this is like, this is who I would be if like nobody was here. And I'm like, right. cool, I respect that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, Trinidad James, super nice. Very nice guy. Super, super cool nice. dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super cool dude. So, how did you know it was the right time to leave The Daily Show? It was coming out of the correspondence dinner. Like, I had just sort of, I got a ton of, and then my special dropped, and that, that was really well received, and I won a Peabody and all that stuff. And, I was getting um, a lot of interest from different places. Like people in meetings are like, hey, would you want to do something with us? Or are you, do you have any other projects in mind? And I was working on my next one-man show, and which now is which then became Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. But it was a four-act show about these like four different stories about these topics that I covered on The Daily Show. Gun control, like, you know, student loan debt. Like all these different things that I never got to actually do on the show. And a buddy of mine was like, no, that's not a one-man show. That's a series. Each of these acts should be an episode. And then it sort of clicked. I'm like, that's what I should do. Yeah? Yeah. So you've talked about, like, your your guts in, like, okay, you didn't do the UCLA thing, but that gave you strength to, you right. know, have the vision to do other things. I mean, I wouldn't call it guts, but it's just like, I'm just going to shoot my sh- I'm going to Allen Iverson. I'm going to put up jumpers. You know sure. what I mean? Well, but I'm going to w- let it fly. But would you say it's the safe bet to go home and do your special at home? Or would you say that's gutsy? I would say it's gutsy. Oh, to do it in Davis? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, you know, like, look, there was like a part of me that's like, if I do a special and I'm doing this like one man show thing, people are going to think it's corny or whack. Um, but then again, like then I started looking at people that I like I really respect and admire, like people that have had long careers, like a Colin Quinn. 
Colin's doing his like eighth one man show. Yeah. Like Lewis Black like is, has has done like eighteen of these. Like he's gonna be doing. Lewis is gonna do stand up comedy till he's eighty five. I'm yeah. telling you. Like yeah. he's gonna be like Dick Gregory. He's gonna do it until he's gonna have dates on the book until the cradle. Yeah. Like until he goes to the casket. You know what yeah. I mean? And I was like, fuck it. Like I should do that. I want to do. I want to like really craft an hour, do it off Broadway. And then I started, I started seeing that as a cool thing. Like the genre of comedy is expanding. That's a cool thing. And I've always thought music has been ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. Music has been ahead of, I think where comedy is, but they're very similar art forms and musicians have been, always been able to bend genre or bend platform, bring things in elements from different things. You know what I mean? And like, I was like, I saw a lot of comedians in, Edinburgh and Europe doing these one man show type things, developing an entire show around a central concept. And I just, it just clicked and I decided I was like, I'm going to do Homecoming King. Like, I'm going to do this show about like my life, similar to kind of like what Leguizamo did in the 90s and early 2000s. And you presented your argument, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Screens and, and a full, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I brought in Mark Janowitz and Janowitz came from the music space. He Mm -hmm. was my stage designer and he had come from like the electronic music world. And so he was like, you should, you should use these screens and design it in this way. And so that it like these things almost become like palettes where you can use it for exposition or you can use it for a punchline. And that really like opened up a lot of things for me, kind of created a visual language that we now use on the show too. Right. So after that, you feel like the wave sort of going your way? Well, it was a swing. It was like, this is either going to work or it's not going to work, but I feel like it's my own thing. And I think like if you do anything in art, you want it to feel like you're lucky if it's referred to as, oh, you're doing that. Like, um, you know how there was like a series of shows that came out after Louis that were like experiential mood yep. type shows. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, oh, in the vein of Louis. Sure. Yeah. Um, what was really flattering was people would go in the vein of Homecoming King. It's a one man personal story of blah, 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 blah. And, like, I remember when I first started doing it, they're like, oh, in the vein of, like, John Lugazamo's Freak or right. whatever, like, there's this thing. Um, that was really special. So did you find yourself in any, because we've been in those meetings, too, where, like, you're working with people who are like, okay, it, it has to be this meets this. And it's presented yeah. and you're just like, I, I guess. I guess, yeah. yeah. That's, like, super... When it's re- reductive like that, you're like, oh, that sucks. Right. Also, also, when you're like, oh, you want it to be a pure algorithm that's making this show. Right. Yeah. Nothing has ever worked that way. Like, you've watched Diddy's Making the Band. When you try to, like, cast it that way, it doesn't It doesn't work. It right. has to feel a little organic. Um, yeah, that, that, that stuff never works. Were there also network people who just, like, there were certain references you would make and they just, like, do not get it? Yeah, and, like... <laughs> It's weird, man. There's like there's there's two different meetings. There's the meeting before shit's really popping, and then there's, there's the meeting after. Yeah. And the the level of trust, you can see exponentially change, which is a little depressing because that means like the intrinsic value of your idea. I should have never been shook in those meetings because it's just like you're just not popping enough yet. So you do the correspondence dinner. Yeah. You do your special is so well received. Yes. You. You you tell the Daily Show that you're gonna leave. Yes. Um, did you have the Netflix thing in the bag at that point? It was we it was in conversation to do. Yeah. So how was that 
when it was your turn to say goodbye it was it was like super um super emotional man like it's it's one of those things where um you know you hear like crazy stories about snl and like terrifying stories about like and that's when i got fired daily shows like is a very family type vibe like john makes it people bring their dogs to work people bring their kids like it's a family situation you know what i mean like people aren't there till like four o'clock in the morning you came to new york for yeah yeah yeah. and so it felt like i was graduating i'd been there four years right so it felt like comedy undergrad was over right and then it's terrifying because you're the guy from the daily show so you have cover you know what i mean like i'm like ron harper you know what i'm saying like i'm not the guy i'm Famous adjacent right. or John adjacent or Trevor adjacent. You neither did the punching nor got punched. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're yeah, just yeah, you're, yeah. like you're just a role player on a championship team. Right. right. I tell John all the time. I'm like being on the show with you was like being on the 98 Bulls. Like I was just like Bill Wennington. I was just like there for the ride. You know, and like I'm there at the trophy ceremony. Right. At the Emmys, but then yeah. like I, I'm not the reason we're here, but <laughs> I could learn a lot. Right. And then at the end, like I would say like me, Klepper, Roy, we were like the senior statesman and by the time i i i left i was the i was the senior i was like i'd been there the longest right you just before you know it you've been there the longest um so it was super emotional like saying goodbye to people you see every day and then the scariest thing is like i'm about to do my own thing and it's all on me like you fuck this up it's you fucked it up yeah then it's like remember you have no one to blame yeah 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 you have no one to blame but yourself it's like that's pretty scary so how did you develop your idea? Were you like, uh, okay, it, it is going to be like the one man show. Yeah. And it is going to have similar screens yeah, and yeah. stage and all that. Yeah, yeah. How did you develop it? How did you become sure within yourself that it was going to be something that you would feel proud of? I shot a proof of concept. Oh, you did? Yeah. We, like, I put up the money. We did it at um, the old Al Jazeera America Studios, RIP. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on 34. Yeah, right. They have yeah, a ne- studio right there. Yeah, next to the um, area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We shot out there. And I'm like, the only way I can describe this in a meeting is I think the easiest way is to just like press play and be like, all right, this is the show. This is totally, the show that I totally, want to do. Yeah. So I shot my own like pilot. And it was it was super empowering because like, again, much like my daily show audition, I'm like, I'm just going to show you what it's going to be. And if and I also did it to prove it to myself. Like, if I can do this, that means we can do this at scale. So shot it, um, cut it together, like cut together what a sample episode would be. And then we shop that around. And... Netflix like was really excited. Super excited. They were super pumped. Yeah. 32, 32 episodes. Yeah. Which was like a significant order. They usually give you like 10. Yeah. But they're like, we want to give you like a good year, year and a half. Like, like we really want to see this thing through. What's the biggest difference between then and now for your show? The, the now, I mean, we've only finished like season one. So the then was, how are people going to receive it? Are people going to like, are people going to like going from Saudi Arabia to Amazon to Supreme? Mm-hmm. Like, will it translate? Yeah. To now, it's like now we got to do it at scale. And we got to keep taking swings, you know? So but, how do you, how do you, uh, are you involved in the marketing of it? Are you involved in the, how it's presented? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, totally. and how do you want to separate yourself from like anything else that's out there? Or even what you were doing before? Yeah. So m- like the the bigger thing that i try to do is instead of is being like is everyone's wearing a yellow shirt i want to wear a red like making that my operating principle i don't want to make it like the hillary campaign mm-hmm. remember how hillary mm-hmm. yeah responded to yeah yeah her whole, it was the, the identity around it was i'm not that yeah. right oh 
offense, which is which to me isn't playing offense. Right. Like playing offense is being like, I'm telling you we're doing a motion offense. You right. you defend it however the fuck you want to defend right. it. So for me, the biggest thing is what larger question am I answering? What's the thing that affects you, your cousin's life, your neighbor's life? I like I like picking topics like that. So like with with affirmative action, it's not affirmative action, it's 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 really an analysis on meritocracy, who gets what and why. Supreme. It's what's the value of hype? Does hype have intrinsic value? Amazon. What if something becomes so big it's untenable and uncontrollable to be governed by by governments? And my take with Amazon was I need the government to save me from myself because I'm lazier than I am woke. Hmm. It's a two-sentence take. Like, yeah, but mm-hmm. that was my thing. And I like picking things that either you didn't... I never thought of it that way. So with Saudi Arabia, it's like, why have we been sword da- going to sword prom for over a half a century with Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. despite all the things we know? So it's a thing a lot of people don't think about. I never thought of it that way. Or B... Oh, thank you. That's been going on. Thank that's I that's been happening in my life. Thank you for telling me that thing. Yeah. Um and look the, it's 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 making that the operating principle of the show. Do you by the way, do you look at those pictures for like the random things you're going to find like in the background so long that you're just like I don't even know what this picture is anymore? Are you talking about like oh, in the screens behind yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so our graphics department's crazy. Like our creative director it's incredible. Yeah. Like they what they've done, like so for example, with like the uh the Amazon episode, the the big the crazy octopus that you see in the back in one yeah. of the fills, yeah. That was actually used to in that was used in reference to standard oil back in the day when standard oil was considered to be a monopoly. monopoly yeah. 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 And so there would be there were these newspaper clippings of standard oil being this crazy octopus. And so they'll do a lot of like dope imagery type stuff. Yeah from you know what i mean to like elucidate a point and like i love that because there could have been just a fake city skyline behind me yeah you know it's like late night in new york right but like every shot every image is sort of elucidating like a larger point i like those like easter eggs yeah you know um do you shoot straight or is it like they're like edit are you how how long do you actually shoot we run it straight like i like i, I do it like jay-z black album style like, wow you remember like so you're yeah. just like i'll go for, like let yeah, me go yeah minutes. yeah let me go by yourself then I, i'm solo yeah we'll do a take and then the showrunner will come out well we'll hear it from the control room mm-hmm. they'll pop out and they'll go did i fuck up anything right and then we'll do pickups and the pickups can sometimes be tough because <laughs> yeah. the pick like it's not just oh you just uh, just go perform i gotta be right yeah and sometimes i'm like fuck they're like you said always it's almost (laughs) and i'm like god damn it you have to pick it up like clip to clip yeah yeah you know and so i'll I'll go back and i gotta do like a seven minute have you heard from your high school debate coach (laughs) no i actually haven't i'm waiting miss takiuchi if you're listening to the podcast Uh, Miss T, get on, get on the podcast. And, yeah, uh, give me a call. Yeah, we want to hear her side of the story. <laughs> yeah. What do your parents think of the show? They're cool with it. My 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 dad really likes the show. He's like, it's it's good. You're not doing dumb comedy. <laughs> <laughs> what, did they watch the Daily Show? Yeah, my dad my dad like loved the Daily Show. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this totally. has to be just like, I mean, it's super cool for them. Yeah, it's Cloud really Nine. Cool. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's just. A- it's you. Yeah. It's, it's cool. you. It's your voice. It's yeah. It's really cool. I mean, they get scared. They get scared with some stuff because they're just like, why? Why do you keep poking these bears? Mm, you know, like Supreme. Yeah, they're <laughs> just like, don't go at James Jebbia. Like, why are you doing that? You know how Jebbia claps back. You know what Jebbia does in consulates? Put you in a red box. 
you know, you know, James Jebbia loves bone sauce, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's that stuff. You know, is parents. It, yeah, but also like, is it tough for you to not be able to? I know that you did like respond on like Instagram, but like you haven't been able to to do like a full on show about Saudi Arabia. That's yet. what I love. Like, so, like you know, like um, it's actually great that like I'm where I'm doing this on like this show. Like, you know, there's two types of ways people respond to stuff. I, I, I only use hip hop analogies and sports analogies, by the way. But you know how there's like studio rappers and there's battle rappers. So like, I'm not a diss track comedian. Right. So there's like a lot of comedians that like are great at dunking on Twitter. They're fucking beasts or they're great at roasts. Like mm-hmm. they're great at one-liners. And then there's a lot of like other comedians that are like watch their hour. They're great at that. Or like watch the show, like watch Oliver, like mm-hmm. watch him do his da da da. He's phenomenal at it. I realize I'm more of that. Like I got to write it out, I got to edit it, I got to really think about it and then I put it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's just my style. Yeah. Versus like but I think, you know, we live in an internet age where it's like, res- respond right now. Like, what's your, what's your take on it right now? And it's right. like, uh, you got to let me think a little bit. Right. You know? Yeah. But is that something that, like, because you and, and John Oliver have, like, similar... Long-form investigators. Yeah, 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 but, yeah, like, yeah. is that something that you would talk to him about? Because he's had to respond to real-time things. Yes. But, like, you're on vacation right now, so yeah. you have time to, like, think about if you would even do that. Yeah. Uh, what's cool is, like, we're all like we're all friends, so I've gotten a ton of advice from, like, all of them, you know what I mean? From John and every, everybody, just, like, yeah, I remember John gave me this piece of advice where he's just, like, answer it on the show. You know what I mean? Like, let your show do the speaking for you. That's dope. Like, like put it in the album itself. Yeah. Um, but you do the speaking on the show that's speaking for you. I know, I know. <laughs> I feel like I'm, like, really high. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, I remember, like, a couple weeks ago, like, uh, or this is when we were in season one, Ann Coulter, like, wrote some crazy... When we did the immig- we did our immigration... Shout out to Ann Coulter, Shout out to Ann Coulter. Yeah. Shout out to all the work you're doing out there. Yeah. Just bringing people together. Yeah. But there was, like, there was, like, a thing where she kind of, like... She wrote some insane shit about like what? deport him or whatever. What? Is yeah. it, it was about Her? immigration enforcement, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, super shocking, right? <laughs> and so people were like, yo, what are you going to say? Like, come on, man, it's 9 a.m. Like, yo, just like quote tweet. Mm-hmm. Get those motherfucking retweets. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, use an emoji. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, and you know the way Twitter is where it's just like, yeah, this will be cool. Yeah. And I just remember being like, I don't know if this is me. Like, you don't, like, yeah, yeah. I could write something super clever, tweet it out get the blogosphere going like it'll be a good little bump for the show but i'm just like that's just not my thing yeah mm-hmm. the one sentence dunk right um so i'm like yeah it's just not like it's just not who i am well you could also do a whole twitter like you know thread yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so do that for like an hour and then yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> totally totally yeah, yeah, yeah well listen it's been amazing to hear your whole journey like thanks man you could have just been the the local kid who crashes camry and stays there <laughs> yeah. but, but honestly like yeah, yeah, you know yeah. you could have been jerry seinfeld you could have been john stewart you could have been dave chapley you know but but you're hassan minaj thanks, and congratulations on everything dope yeah. thanks man and we just hope that you do make it to sneaker shopping yeah because, like, <laughs> dude I'm, i cannot wait jen it's a big deal <laughs> yeah it's a big big deal <laughs> thanks everyone for listening to this new episode of a waste time with it's the real jeff if you want to find out more about us i'm eric you're jeff together we are it's the real if people want to find out more about this podcast of ours it's called the waste of time with it's the real Jeff, if people want to find out more about anything that's going on with us, including our move, they can probably sign up for our newsletter. And Jeff, where can they go for that? 
you can always go to itsthereal.com, I-T-S-E-H-E-R-E-A-L.com. Go sign up for our newsletter there. There's a button for it. It's very 2019. Yeah, we're, we're really ahead of the curve here <laughs> doing email stuff. That's right. You can also find on our website, itsthereal.com slash shop. Hey, go buy some merch. Go buy some merch so we don't have to drag it out to the park and wear it to keep warm this winter. You can also find our podcast, all old episodes and new ones, It's The Real. Search for It's The Real on iTunes. Search for It's The Real on all streaming services. Spotify, SoundCloud, CastBox, wherever. Did you know that there was a CastBox before we started doing this? I I did not. I had no idea. You can always find us on social media. Twitter at It's The Real. Facebook at It's The Real. Instagram at It's The Real. Go there now. Jeff, we put out the call. We said, people, please, please, if you want a shout out, go to iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, CastBox, wherever, CastBox, and sign up for the Two Jews and Two Black Dudes Review the Movies feed. That's right. It's got its own feed now. Every movie that we've reviewed is there. So we said, go sign up, send a screenshot to us, and we will shout you out. So Jeff... Who wants to be shouted out? Lawrence R underscore underscore, who also goes by My Jokes Are Funny. He's a comedian All right. here in New York. Shout out to him. I'm honest, I've never heard his jokes. I don't know if his jokes are funny, but yeah. his podcast game is on a thousand. There you go. I also want to shout out Skip from BK, who has listened to every episode of our podcast. Big shout out to Skip. Every episode we've ever put out of every podcast. Amazing. Skip from BK has been there. I also want to shout out Darling Nene. Yeah. Who is from where the trill things are? We also got a shout out Vaso99 Hydro2, who says, Yerp, he's out there in Toronto. I want to shout out your boy, CS Bomb11. Yeah, shout out to the whole DC, DMV, Baltimore, Virginia, Maryland area. Yeah, but but really, we're just shouting out CS Bomb11. Okay, like, forget right. about everybody else from those areas. Yes. Just CS Bomb11, who is from there. Okay. I want to shout out Juan Lopez. Yeah. From New York, who works at the MedicalMarijuanaInc.com. All right. So curing his glaucoma. There you go. I want to shout out Jaswinder Verdi out in London. London. Who is just here in New York, actually. We missed him, I'm sorry to say, but I did tell him to go to Sweet Chick to go eat. Nice. Also want to shout out Incognito. And I'm only saying that because he spelled it in a very Cajun way. He's right. from Baton Rouge. Cool. He says that we have to come down to Nolans. All right. I don't know how far Nolans is from Baton Rouge, but he says to come down there, and we do a two Jews and two Black Jews screening down there. I'm with it. Let's make it happen. Reach out to us. Let us know. I also want to shout out Orlando Lopez. All right. Any relation? I don't know. I guess we're all related, but yeah. he's from Portland. Shout out to him. The biggest shout out. Biggest shout out. Biggest shout out to Biggest Saints. Shout out to Chattanooga. Chattanooga in this bitch. Yeah, Tennessee. I also want to shout out Jules Winnie 87, Eugene McKeever from the Charlotte area, and yeah. also Nikki Sins from New York. Yeah. And we also got a shout out AJ Dixon out in South Dakota and Fish Gates over in Baltimore. Shout out to both those guys. Thank you all for signing up for Two Jews and Two Black Jews Review the Movies on all streaming services. And the very, very last one. This is it. This is it. This is like beyond late. Okay. Lalo 3000. Big shout out to Lalo 3000. You just sent it over and I was like, well, we're done. But there's no such thing as the Nick of Time, Jeff, podcaster forever. As always, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys next week. Brrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr